welcome to the asylum. Now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Welcome into Studio B. We are the Asylum. We are Flieger and Briggs. I am Briggs. Flieger's still over in the control room because Alejandro is still in competitive dance training. But he claims he will be back. Week one in the books, and I'll tell you what, it was a brutal week for some fantasy owners. It went just how we planned it, right, Rick? (laughs) Yeah. You know, Le'Veon yes, Bell, did. David Johnson combined for about 15 fantasy points. That's just how you wrote that's it up. How you're, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, Alex Smith turns into uh, John Unitas and John Elway. <laughs> combined. <laughs> combined. Um, yeah, but serious injury. David Johnson out two to three months. Allen Robinson done for the year. Um, I how do you? We'll be discussing this. I mean, I was to say, why don't you get through the introduction? No, then it's, the headline, it's just Richard. a it's just a horrible blow to the number one pick of the leg. Oh, absolutely. You know, week one, and and we'll get into that. But um, no, I mean, you know, write to us, asylumfootball at gmail dot com. We got another full mail bag of lineup and. I tell you, people blowing the teams up. Rick trade questions again. <laughs> blow it up. Yeah, I had yeah. one bad week. Blow it up. Blow baby. it up, baby. You know, at Asylum Football on Twitter. I think we had some questions on there today, didn't we? Mm, yeah, we did. Yep. So we'll we'll be doing all of that. So headlines. We got a game show. We got takeaways. We're going to predict the games. We got a big update on that one. As one of us has a big lead after week week one. Oh yeah, he has one good week, and boy, if he well, boy if he had a chest, it would be pumped up. You are I trying you. to squeeze the entire show <laughs> into the first eighteen seconds before <laughs> even the read. Well, you like to give these little teasers. Yes, but you're that's, so that's, self-centered. That's, they know who had the good. That's week. That's what good radio is, Rick. We we tease it. <laughs> You know, would you go to a movie, Rick, where you watch the opening credits? Wait a minute. They wait, show wait, wait, wait. the ending, and then you watch the rest of the movie. Would you, you would. watch that? That's what you do. Well, I'd have to because I'm not sitting through yeah. two hours of a movie. I'm not doing that. Well, see, that's what that's the whole thing. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get some of the the listeners that are like you get but, to the meat of it. But they pal. already turned it off. <laughs> you told them everything. Oh no, no. Tease them, Rick. Tease them. Could be a snooty update. You never know. Well, now you're just lying to folks. <laughs> you just never. You have know. a snooty update, huh? Now I'm intrigued. Yeah, I might stick see? around for the rest. But of But first, show. Oh, football yeah. fans, listen up. If you love fantasy football, then you need to try these new best ball leagues on our new favorite app, Draft. Here's how it works. It's simple. It's flieger proof. You draft your team, and basically that's it. And uh, it's you just have a blast. And if it's flieger proof, you know you can do it. Doubled my money last week, Rick. Doubled it. It's season long, but with no management. You just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. You don't even have to set your lineup. Your best players get automatically selected, and you'll get the best score every single week. No worry about injuries again. Now you can draft the team anytime you want. Ligs start every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part, play for cold, hard cash, baby. Ligs start from just 3 bucks. There's a league for everyone. There's no salary caps. Play in a real-life snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. And the best part is, for a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a $3 best ball draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code FAKEPIGSKIN. That's right. Play real money game for free just by using the promo code FAKEPIGSKIN. 
Let's keep listening, Rick. I'm going to give you a quiz. Search Draft in the App Store or go to playdraft.com. Come play for free with the promo code. Fake pigskin. You got it, buddy. I'm on the ball today. You get an A. All right. Well, I'm going to rehash everything Rick just said in the opening. We'll get to the headlines here real quick. As you mentioned, this may come as news to some people, so folks, hold on to your seats. In case you haven't heard, David Johnson out two to three months with that wrist injury. Looks like surgery is on the horizon. This is disastrous, Rick. This is pure, absolute disaster. I can't remember, and and somebody will probably tweet us at Asylum Football that this has happened in the last 10 years. I can't recall the first overall pick going out this early, or even one of the top two or three going out this early. This this is pure and utter disaster. You took David Johnson, and then you waited for a month and a half for your next two picks, buddy. You are counting on that first pick, and it's big, big trouble. I'm probably wrong, but the the most recent one that I can think of, and I mean we're going back a ways. It was like, oh one, Edron James went out like in week three, I believe it was week three or four, okay. with that blowed knee, and he was, you know, between him and Marshall Falk, they were they right, were bouncing right. around at one and two, kind of like Bell and Johnson were this year. But I I may be wrong. May I don't know when Peterson got hurt that one year. But I don't think it was that nearly this early. No, no, not, not in the second half of, of week one. Right. So, so I guess how do you overcome? The first thing you have to look at, obviously, you, you've got uh, Kerwin Williams. You've got Andre Ellington. They re-signed Chris Johnson. I think the, the Cardinals, if everything else is equal, if Carson Palmer isn't as bad as we saw last week, which I'm not confident in because now that's one season and a game. You know, this isn't one bad game if you look back to 2016. But I don't want to go too far down that road. I think with the pieces that the Cardinals have, they can overcome it in the running game. But from a fantasy standpoint where I look at, you have two very different guys right behind him. Kerwin Williams can, you know, he's a good, decent inside runner. He can get up between the tackles, but he's not much of a pass catcher. Andre Ellington, just the opposite, right? Right. You get him out in space, he can catch balls. Chris Johnson, we know what he is, but his speed is just uh, half of what it was even five or six years ago. I think they can piece this together. I don't know if there's a they're, – they're all rosterable. Uh, specifically, Kerwin Williams is rosterable. Sure. If you trust any of them to play, I don't think I do. I really don't. No, at this point, I certainly don't. And hopefully you have drafted, I mean, a deep enough squad where you have somebody that, that can fill in. And I don't know who. I mean, maybe a Terrence West, a Paul Perkins. Certainly the Giants can't be as dreadful as they have been, Boy, but if they don't get a running game going, that's another story. But, you, you know, you brought up the point Carson Palmer. Now, fortunately, they have Indianapolis this week, even though they're on the road again. But, you know, Indianapolis is just horrible, oh. which is yet another story <laughs> that right. we can get to. I mean, if Palmer doesn't light up the Colts, at least as good as Jared Goff did, they they could be in for a really long year. Yeah, yeah, it's it's scary. You wonder if he's just finally hit the wall. The arm strength just doesn't seem to be back as of right now. And everything in training camp, it was like a right. rocket. That's so, all you yeah. heard about it. Yeah. And I bought into it, and he's a guy I have rostered in several places. And, you know, maybe it's just they have historically, now going to Detroit, you're not going all the way east, but you're in the eastern time zone. Maybe – 
it's just one of those. How many times we remember? Who yeah. was it? They came. Was it Carolina a few years ago, where he came back and expected to be the game of the week, and they just laid an egg. They do this a lot. Now you wouldn't think that would be as big a deal in week one. You know, I understand it in the middle of the season. You're coming off a Sunday night home game or something, and then you know what? I, I can almost wrap my mind around that. In week one, I have a hard time using that as an excuse. But for this them. is a trend with these guys, right? Exactly, and. and- I mean, it's almost it would almost behoove them. I mean, they're in Detroit last week. They should have just got hotel rooms in Indianapolis yeah. and been there all and just week. Just hang out for the week and just hang out and don't practice because they'd probably be better off. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, as you mentioned off the top, Rick Allen Robinson out for the year with a torn ACL very early on in that game. You don't know what it means. He is certainly more replaceable on your fantasy squad than, than a David Johnson was. Where I'm curious with this is you talk about bad time and he's heading into this contract year. You thought if we got a little bit of a bounce back, you'd see it this year. I'm looking at him. I'm in a they, – they call it a dynasty. It's not really a dynasty. It's like a five-year keeper league, right? And we're right. coming up. We're coming up on the big money year next year. And Allen Robinson's a guy I've been dragging along. I had him in the big year. I stuck with him last year, and I've been dragging him along. So not only do I know what his health's going to be, although these guys seem to recover for this, especially for the length of time Robinson's going to have to recover, then I don't even know where he's going to play, right? You know, I have to assume he's out of town. Because what I, what I find interesting with Jacksonville, and we can talk about what they did defensively, if that's if their defense is that good, Houston's offensive line's that bad, I'm thinking it's somewhere in the middle. We expected them to have a good defense, but boy, did Marone keep his promise that they're going to come in and pound the ball, right? I mean, they they came in and just pounded the ball and didn't give Blake Bortles a chance to screw this up for them. No, and I their defense, I think, is that good. I mean, they were, what, sixth in the league, I believe, last year. Something like a sixth or seventh, I believe, in the league last year, total defense. Yeah, I think that defense is that good. Houston's certainly not an offensive juggernaut. They yanked Tom Savage yeah. in the second quarter, I believe, not really given a chance. That's that's what O'Brien does. I mean, that's yeah. his thing. It, it's crazy. But but you go back and you look at it. They ran the ball 39 times. Blake Bortles threw 21 passes. Right. So, and it worked. You go out there, you play good defense. They got to win. Fournette, I'll tell you what, it wasn't flashy. It wasn't fun to watch, but grinds out 100 yards. He kind of looks like an old-school running back, right? Just slam, That is bang, a good way bang, to play when bang, you have a quarterback. Bang. Run the ball 20-some-odd-plus times. He got to 100 yards. Chris Ivory very involved in the game. Right. I think this is the Jaguars' identity, and it keeps them out of the hole. It keeps If they can play defense like that and run the ball, it keeps them from being down 20 at the half like they were every year, and then Bortles throwing it around. So I don't think going into this year, unlike last, year there's too many guys that have Bortles rostered but you can now officially ball him up and throw him out because this is like an old school this reminds me of the Jerome Bettis Steelers right that's Leonard Fournette and the Jacksonville Jaguars right now yeah it well it actually goes back probably towards the the end of the MJD years I mean it it went through him right I mean certainly They've never reached the pinnacle they were with the Jimmy Smith and Fred Taylor no, and Keenan no. McCardell and, and so forth where they could actually move the football. But this team here with that defense, you're right. I mean, they could they could bully 
a lot of football teams on that football field this year. Yeah, and tell you what, for those reasons, I don't have a ton of interest in Lee. I don't have a ton of interest in Hearns. I think you throw them in, they might be a good low-end flex when we get to the bye weeks or something. One of these guys, are they're going to catch some touchdown passes here or there, but that's not their identity anymore. Bortles isn't flinging that ball around 35 times in the second half trying to come back. It, th- those days are over. I You don't want to overreact over one week, but they told us this is what they were going to do all summer, right? They told us we are coming yeah. in we're gonna I forget the exact quote but he was gonna run the wheels off of Leonard Fournette and he meant it and I think they've got the horses and also have an ivory in town they have the horse and yelled in the horses that if something happens to for I shouldn't say if when something happens to right. Fournette I think they just keep doing this this is their identity now yeah and you know as the season progresses if you know things continue like it did the first game I think you could actually see a tick up in Bortles' touchdown passes Probably. just simply because Play action expect- will actually work. Right, right exactly. <laughs> they're expecting the run. If he could just get it to the guys, yeah, well, you know, that's, if he stays off, if, right? stay off the sauce, he'll be all right. Yeah, you wonder, does he drink less because they're winning or can he drink more because he doesn't have as much work to do? I'm not sure how that works. You're an alcoholic. How does that work? Well, it's like this. <laughs> when the pressure – thing. See, some guys can relax, and you'd think, okay, they're going to drink more. But see, other guys, if the pressure's on, well, i got to drink some more to relieve the pressure. Mm-hmm. See, So he may actually drink less okay. and become more accurate, which is really scary. Right. Because then he could actually – If they could throw the ball on top of this running yeah. game, that, then you wish Allen Robinson was still around. Well, yeah, exactly. All right, moving on here. Uh, as you hear this, this game's probably already happened. Starts about two hours from when we're recording, but it's John Watson to get the start here on Thursday night against Cincinnati. Tom Savage, just what happens in Houston, had a bad half. He got benched. Watson came in, gave him a little jolt. The final numbers weren't good. I kind of left that watching all this on the red zone, right, not sitting down and watching the game, but seeing the highlights, feeling like, boy, Watson come in and grabbed this thing by the throat. Well, you know, he came out, he started the second half, led him on that touchdown drive, luckily to DeAndre Hopkins for about nine of my fantasy teams. But then after that, it was pretty pedestrian. So Jacksonville answered right back, yeah. and that was it the rest of the game, really. I, I'm curious what's going to happen. This is all of it. It has nothing to do with Deshaun Watson and Tom Savage for me. They, at this point in their careers, they both stink. You know, Watson's got the higher upside, so I can see going to find whatever. This becomes all about DeAndre Hopkins and what it means. We, we've talked about so many times the last several weeks the comments he made, the rapport he's built with Savage, although Savage couldn't get the ball anywhere near him, right, similar to Brock Osweiler early on last year. He just couldn't even get the ball in his vicinity. You wonder what, you know, Deshaun Watson catches a touchdown pass, for, or I'm sorry, Hopkins yeah, catches Watson. a touchdown pass from Watson, but really didn't see much after that and sort of an equal inaccuracy. So I think it's bad news all around for Hopkins. Is this an anomaly as well? We talked about Arizona maybe being an anomaly. I mean, is is it a combination that Jacksonville is that good or Houston's that bad? Hey, let's face it. I mean, that, Houston, that vaunted Houston defense got pushed all over the field, gave up 26 points. Well, actually – 19, I guess right. there's a defensive touchdown. But, um, you know, they just – the offense could not keep them off the field. And they just lost Brian Cushing, by the way, yeah. for 10 games, PED use. So, 
I don't know. I mean, th- th- this is a real litmus test tonight with Cincinnati. Yeah, because Cincinnati equally fell on their face. Exactly. And I'll tell you what, they both, to me, came down to we're killing the quarterbacks. And, you know, well, y- if you get on social media, if you watch – Watch the networks. If you listen to podcasts, Andy Dalton just getting crushed for his performance, and in a way, deservedly so. And then what Tom Savage went through in the first half, and what I just said about Deshaun Watson is that second half progressed. Those offensive lines were horrific. Dalton, Savage, and Watson just about got killed ninety-two times. So I don't know if if there's an anomaly, it's that. We sort of knew Cincinnati was going to have a bad offensive line, so I have more concern this persists for them. Than, than I do in Houston. I had no idea Houston's offensive line was going to be this bad. And so. the thing about Cincinnati was, Rick, all we talked about it all during, during uh, you know, from the draft, all through training camp, blah, 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 preseason, you know, um, Jeremy Hill and all this. They didn't look like they had a clue who the running back was. no. no. They had no idea. In fact, I think I'd have to look at the stats again, but I think Bernard led the backs in in yards. And and he had the most carries. It went Bernard, Mixon relatively close, and then Hill. Right, and Hill's just an afterthought. Yeah, Yeah, Mixon was was the talk of the town. He did nothing. Um, But the whole thing is Jacksonville went out. Fournette was their guy. Right. Cincinnati goes out. It's like, uh, 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 gee, I'm going to get in there. But you know what? This is what they've always done, and it's like they have – And it doesn't work. You know what? This this is Marvin Lewis who puts me to the mind, and he comes from that coaching tree with Bill Cower and Marty Schottenheimer and these sort of guys. I want you to load, because you're the tech guy since Alejandro is long gone. Right. Load that soundbite from the Hall of Fame when I was talking to Terrell Davis. Okay. About running back by committee. Yeah. Got to put that on there. I mean, that's. I had to find it first. It's, it's great insight. Yeah. But but you look at it where they pick that one horse, you know, and he's done that. Clearly, you bring a guy in, you take the PR hit, you take all the nonsense, but you take a guy in, just rave reviews everything he does on the football field, put the other stuff aside in a Joe Mixon. And then you bring him in, and you got Jeremy Hill, who a couple seasons ago really broke out. But yet, Gio Bernard never goes away, right? They keep And, and he's a fine football player. That isn't what I'm saying. Kevin you, Falk, man. You have a dynamic player in a, in a Mixon, right? He's, he's dynamic, but that's not who Marvin Lewis is, I don't think. He, he doesn't want that. He wants slow and steady. He sort of just reminds me of those late 90s Steelers teams. It reminds me of Schottenheimer's Chiefs. It's it's what we have there, and I worry about Joe Mixon. We're going to get to that when we get to our takeaways. I think we can discuss this further, but I don't even remember what we were started with. Well, if you were 11-5 every year, I can say, okay, Marvin, I I don't know how you do it, but it works. But it's not working. No, no, certainly not. And, you know, the years that that they were – competing for the division or winning the division, which they did win a couple, what was it? It was basically defense right, that carried right, yeah. them through. Right. And, I mean, that's not a secret. I mean, you, you do need a good defense, obviously. But I tell you what, this, this offense put up a goose egg against Baltimore, and, you know, they've, they've got a game against Texans tonight. They put up another single-digit performance. 
You really got to start wondering what's going on. Oh, there. yeah, they might be. And maybe Cleveland catches them and passes them in the division. All right, moving on. Andrew Luck already declared out week two. Still hasn't started. We're not going to see him this year, are we, Rick? Or if we do, it's going to be, in oh, the, I it's gonna be cold outside it's, if and when yeah, we do see him. I think so. so. He hasn't even thrown a pass. So bad news for the Colts. Danny Woodhead looks like six to eight weeks dealing with that hamstring. It just might be over for this guy. I was kind of excited about him. I like the fit in Baltimore. Just can't stay healthy now. His body's breaking down. And Buck Allen, boy, the darling of uh, darling of all the waiver wires this week. Yeah. You know, Terrence West had a nice game. Buck Allen showed up. Uh, is this an anomaly? I, I don't trust a Baltimore offense, but – they certainly uh, put on a nice run game against Cincinnati. Yeah, and I think against a lot of teams they will, and I think that's going to be their identity. Maybe we'll get away from this wacko for Flacco nonsense. That's how they won before. Brashad Perryman did very Brashad Perryman things in the game. I mean, they just they have no no wide receivers. They're just it's bad. So I think it's going to be a, a good running game with Terrence West if he can stay on the field, and it's going to be Buck Allen in that change of pace in that Danny Woodhead role, and we'll see how he succeeds. It didn't look bad last week we'll see what it looks like going forward but certainly worth rostering him anyhow sure why not all right last one i have here hold on to your seats kevin white out for the season again all you dynasty guys keep writing me and telling me how kevin white and richard perryman are the next jerry rice and chris carter please send it send it to me and one of these years you might be right with one of them I make fun. I feel bad for this kid, man. It's because it's not like there's little nagging injuries. You can't say the kid's not tough. It is just devastating season-ending injuries at the beginning of every stinking season. I know. It's terrible, but, yeah, I agree with you. The This anointing of Kevin White was so premature. I'd like to see what he have what he would have for, oh, for especially a few games. as no other weapons in the passing game there in right. Chicago. This boy, talk about a time to shine, right? Yeah, I mean, if he could have stayed healthy and Cameron Meredith, I mean, talk about who was it, Mike Glennon. You know, talk about the deck stacked against your yeah. career ever taking off right. again. I mean, this, this poor guy, he's got nobody to throw to. Um, Jordan Howard's already got a sore shoulder. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Terry Cohen a little bit later. Yeah, I fell in love with and spent about half my free agency dollars. But already. we also remember that you were a Langford guy too. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I had to back off on my <laughs> Bears running backs. Yeah, I was a Jeremy Langford. Yeah, I guy. mean, before you anoint him the next Gale Sayers. Well, I'll tell you what, he's another guy though. Like I just talked about with Buck Allen there in Chicago. Again, no weapons in the passing game. You come in. I don't think this is necessarily bad for Jordan Howard unless he's bang. Up. I think Jordan Howard. I don't know that Jordan Howard ever lives up to his ADP, his preseason ADP, which I wasn't drafting him in that range anyhow. That's why right. I own no Jordan Howard because I thought he was going a little too high. But I think he puts up decent, you know, RB1, low RB1, high RB2 numbers. And I think Cohen could step right in and do the same thing, sort of for the same reasons we talked about with Buck There's Allen. nothing else. You know, and he, he did it in the preseason, and now we saw it in one real game. You don't want to overreact, but now we have a small body of work, right? You, you tend to throw away what you see in the preseason. But that was enough to make the team. And, they, you know, they cut Langford, they bring him in, and then he gets significant work in the first regular season game, huge in the passing game, nothing much 
addition to running game. So I think you've got your your thunder, classic thunder and lightning, as cheesy as that sounds here. And I think Cohen's got a lot of value on his own. I think he's an every week flex play if he stays healthy and the offense. And this is what you don't know after week one: is the offense going to keep operating that way? Are they going to try to True. Pull, are they going to try to force it into some downfield passing game that'll be a miserable failure? But teams sometimes opt to do that, right? Yeah. That's what you don't know. We know Cohen's got the skills. And if they continue running their offense, and they almost, they should have won that game. He had three drop passes right down around the goal line at the end of that game to beat the defending conference champions. So it worked if they stick with that. I think both of these guys have a lot of value. And how important was that win for the Atlanta Falcons? I think it was huge when you talk about a Super Bowl hangover. You're on Blowing the road. Blowing a 28-3 lead yeah. in the Super Bowl. First game out, you have – I can't remember exact amount, the exact lead at one point, but then Chicago comes back, and like you said, they had all the chance in the world to win that game, but Atlanta actually rose up and held on. Yeah, that's kind of junk that could get in the back of your head. You wouldn't yeah. think there'd be much crossover between something that happened in February – and something that happens later on in September. But you just, for a team's psyche, you really wonder. I think that was an important stand there at the end. Oh, I agree, 100%. Uh, probably more credit to Chicago for dropping passes than Atlanta for shutting them down. But <laughs> but a win's a win's a win, right? You That's, got it. All right, let's get out of these, Rick. How about uh, we'll start wrapping up. Uh, well, we got to do balls and socks. Let's do week one takeaways first. What's your takeaways from week one? Well, I'll tell you what, Rick. We, we kind of covered it once, so uh, if we have time, I'll get to it again. But um, the Giants have no chance if they continue to have no run game. I mean, that that's really not a secret, but, I mean, Eli Manning is showing how bad he can be right? when, when the weight of the game's on his shoulders to carry it, to carry the team. And I'll tell you what, they have got to figure this out – Paul Perkins has looked dreadful. Uh, Shane Vereen's not an every-down back. Yeah, he, he's a nice little guy coming out and catching passes and getting some first downs for you. But they have got to open up some holes. Perkins has got to hit him. He has got to somehow establish himself a, as a threat. And, and it's just a horrible performance the whole way around against Dallas. And if they don't figure this out soon – they were basically the preemptive favorite for the for the NFC East. I mean, it was a you know throw them in a hat and pull them out. But right. there's a lot of people picking the Giants, you know, to take that division this year. They will have no chance if they don't get a running game. Yeah, going. And, and they play good enough defense. And you saw Brandon Marshall gets one catch, and it's a garbage time catch on the last drive, held basically two targets the entire game. So getting Odell Beckham back is going to be important. Yeah, That's number huge. one. Huge. But you're right. There's got to be a running game there. And I don't think. And I'll you know here we go. Maya culpa already after week one. I was kind of excited about Perkins. Didn't think he was going to put up big numbers, but I thought for a guy you're drafting in the seventh, eighth round who's a number one running back, he was going to get enough to justify a roster spot anyhow. He's bad. I don't know if Orleans Dark was the answer, if if Ryan Matthews gets signed there soon. Some, something's got to change because you're right. Even as Beckham comes back and as good as they play defense, if they don't find a way to at least have a the threat of some type yeah. of running game, Eli, bring back Tiki Barber. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, he's just hanging out doing them stupid entertainment shows. He could probably. Oh, run he's got a radio show. I listen. Oh, is to he doing day. that now? Oh, it's, yeah. It's like two and a half. He could go out and average two and a half yards a carry. Anyhow, at Easily. least fool somebody into thinking they might run now and again. <laughs> it was pathetic. I, I'm with you there, and I, I'm just not sure Paul Perkins is that guy. 
All right, so top one for me, Rick. Boy, those and you wondered about it going in. Those rookie running backs just did not disappoint. We're seeing sort of a renaissance at that running back position. You know, Karee Hump, Karee Hunt. Why are you clapping? Because it's good to oh, see. Oh, yeah, you don't usually give anybody uh, propers at like that, so I was stunned oh, by it. I thought you were I, mocking me somehow. I am Mr. Positive. That's not true. That's a, <laughs> it's a damn lie is what it is, Rick. It, I a am damn mis- lie. It's the new Rick. <laughs> well, the, please entertain me. Describe the new Rick to me. I am positive, enlightening, encouraging, um, I do not look at the negative side of anything. You are fake news. <laughs> you didn't know I had that, did you? <laughs> Damn liar is what you are. No, I, I, I just I take issue to that, but I'll let you have your opinion. All right. And we can have healthy debate. Healthy debate, yeah. How's that? Yeah, don't trigger me, please. Please don't trigger me. But anyhow, you look at, you know, Kareem Hunt just went crazy i don't know if we believe that if that's for real or or what i don't know what to make of kareem hunt fournette and cook it over 100 yards you know mccaffrey the the numbers weren't there it wasn't pretty but he the focal point of that offense quite frankly that whole thing's running through christian mccaffrey right now joe mixon's really you know i I, the other one i found interesting we sort of got a question answered we wondered what what was the what the takeaway was going to be on the New Orleans running game, right? And Kamara seemed to be, again, the numbers weren't there, but Kamara got all the work, you know. He had three carries, I believe it was, for Adrian Peterson. Not many either. For Anyhow, I'm, I'm getting all tongue-tied here. But but Kamara seems to be the focal point there. The, the only real question mark was Joe Mixon, but I think he was close enough to Gio Bernard. If this thing keeps going the way it is, even a dope like Marvin Lewis is going to have to get Mixon more involved. These rookie running backs, they, they are just flat the real deal. Yeah, they are. And I have a question for you, not about a rookie running back, but about an old veteran. All right. How many weeks is he going to stay in New Orleans, Adrian Peterson? If he's getting three carries a week, I, he will walk out before October 1st. He will walk out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know what the guy thought. If he thought he was getting to rock 15, 20 times in that offense, I, I, he, he must be sucking on one of those magic crack pipes like you always <laughs> have. Because, I mean, look, he may have been a big dog in Minnesota, but there's two big dogs in New Orleans, and their name are Peyton and Breeze. It's not Peterson. Right. And if they think that he's going to waltz in there, switch everything up because he's Adrian Peterson, he is sadly mistaken. Can I ask you a question, though, on the, not really the other end of this, but something I found myself wondering as the game went on. You bring in a name and a brand like Adrian Peterson. Why does he make your roster if he's going to get the ball three times? What purpose does he – he's not a good locker room guy. He's not – you don't think of him as the veteran teaching a Kamara, as a veteran working with Ingram. You know what I mean? What's right. his purpose on that team? Why did he make that final 53 if you're going to hand him the ball three times on opening day in the building where he just left? You know, if there's any game – you figure that's probably the ceiling for him, right, Rick? I mean, if any game week one he's healthy, he's in his old town, if any game he was going to bust out, it would be that one. It's a weird situation to me. Yeah, it's almost like we're putting you in your place before you even get out of line. Is that what it is, maybe? I don't know. I have no clue. Humble them now, and we'll see a build-up as we go. I wonder. That's a fair point. I I have no idea. I mean, it's – Sean Payton 
you know, obviously don't know him, but I mean, you know, seen tons of interviews and seen he's he's a little squirrely. Well, he'd do that it way. his way. Yeah. That, well, yeah, and that's fine. I mean, every head coach should do it their way, but I, I can remember when him and Breeze had the argument a few right. years back, and, and you know, there there was a little friction there. They'll either work it out, or like you said, Peterson will walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he may not walk, but then he'll just be very ineffective, and then end up letting him go or whatever. Yeah, but I just I can't figure out. You know, uh, this isn't an argument for Peterson, and I'm not saying he should get work. None of the running backs look good. That, that's a really good Minnesota defense, and but but Kamara seems to be the guy. There's bad news for Ingram owners number one, and Adrian Peterson he has no purpose here. If he was a good veteran presence in the locker room, that'd be one thing. He's a veteran guy, but I don't. Ne- he never struck me as a leader type presence in the locker room. No, guy. and he's never been a pass catcher. No, he's not versatile. I mean, well, look, that's why that signing never made sense to begin with. It never made a lick of sense that they brought him in there. You thought, but I think you knew right away when they got down inside the five and and they're throwing the ball, which is what New Orleans does. But then why is Adrian Peterson standing on your sideline? Why? I, I it, right. it's, a, it's a weird deal. Uh, it is. It's, it's very But weird. I shied 100% away from him, so at least for one week I, yep. I can chalk that up as a win. Anything else, Rick? Well, but really another takeaway is, you know, the Patriots losing really wasn't the issue to me. But, you know, getting shredded by Alex Smith, that was, that was a little disturbing. Uh, you know, there's still the odds on favor to take the division, probably even the, the Super Bowl. But – I think Kansas City, what they've done is plant a seed in a lot of other teams' minds. Oh, yeah, yeah. These guys are mortal. We took it to them, and they took the lead in the third quarter, and we came back and we stomped them. And they are they are human. They do make mistakes, and they're not unstoppable. They're going to win probably 12, 13 games this yeah, year. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's still – it's out there now. I mean, it wasn't like you said, 24-23 or 28-27, yeah. something like that. They stomped a mud hole in them. Right. And, and that is speaks volumes to other teams. Yeah, what I find interesting, and I'm glad we're having this conversation now a full seven days after this game, because I had these perceptions – right after the game happened. I thought, let's not overreact. This is one game. It's week one. You know, we've all heard the stat the last three times oh, yeah. the Patriots lost in week one. They went on to win the Super Bowl. That may all still apply. But you think about it. The minute Hightower went out of that game, not only did the defense suffer, they could not play defense anymore. Right Now, it's not a long-term injury, but if your defense is that fragile that it hinges so strongly on one guy – that's a problem. The other thing I thought about was you look at Tom Brady, Rick. He missed some open throws, and that's something we're not used to seeing. Historically for a Tom Brady, and I'm not going to be the guy sitting here after one game saying he no. hit 40, he hit the wall, but I think it's something you do have to take a look at because after one missing open throws, we've never seen him do this. Rust has never been an issue for him. Like, like, as bad as Ben Roethlisberger was in week one, I have no fear of that. We've never seen Brady come in and have a little rust, have a little struggle, need that adjustment time. With you know, I think is it losing Wes Welker? Is Tom Brady getting towards the end? I think it's just something to watch. I think this is the first time in this Bill Belichick-Tom Brady era you can look at that and say there might actually be legitimate concerns here. 
Yeah, you, you know, you say that, and to a degree, I will agree. But you're talking about an offense that put 27 points up against Kansas City, a pretty good offense. Or, I mean, excuse me, defense. I think the most disturbing thing to me is 368 yards passing given up to Alex Smith plus 148 yards given up to Kareem Hunt. Right. Yeah, you wonder, can they play any defense? That scares me right there. Now, granted, I know both sides of the ball, Kansas City, arguably probably the fastest team in the, in the league. Close to it, probably top three. But, you know, they, they play other fast teams and seem to have no problems with it. I think it's the defense is where I'm worried, not so much the Brady-led offense. Yeah, but I think it's something to watch. I think we maybe the first chink in the armor, maybe. We'll see. Maybe. It's one game. And – you know what, I don't think we're going to get any answers this week going up against New Orleans, right? I mean, it, it could be a shootout. It, it, we'll get some answers with the defense, right? Right. The offense, you, you just wonder after what they let Sam Bradford do to them. So my last takeaway, Rick, I'll leave it at this, and if you have another, we can do that or we can move on to balls and socks. I think we found out, and I'm not going to sit here and make the argument that it needs to change, but I think we finally saw what the true value of the preseason and the preseason games are. By and large, week one was just dog poo. It was terrible to watch. These offenses were so far behind the defenses, just ridiculous sack totals being put up. I talked about how bad the Steelers' offense looked, the penalties. It was it was ugly. It was an ugly week of football. And that's why, though, I'm trying to caution you and trying to caution myself when I say you, the listeners, not you, Rick. I don't know why I pointed at you, but I try to cons- you know, caution you. Let's not try to take too much away from week one because I don't think that has much bearing on a whole lot we're going to see the rest of this season. It was no. weird. It, it was really weird. Um, it, it tends to be more offensively you know, minded when you have the – the beginning of the year, you have the nice temperatures and everybody's healthy and so forth, and the defenses start seem to grind it out later in the year. But it, it was horrible. I mean, there was actually a shutout. Right. In in week one, there was what Cincinnati was was shut out. The Colts were held to like six. Houston was held to seven. Um, Cleveland and Pittsburgh, whatever that was, 20 to 18 yeah. or whatever it was. I mean, just ugly just, football. Yeah, it, there was a lot of ugly football. And then there were teams that you just you just weren't ready for. No. Kansas City, Minnesota, just explode. And I'm sorry, I refuse to believe either of those teams are that good offensively. Perhaps they're improved. We've seen this, and we, we actually have a game we can get into it later. I, this is fool's goal with Sam Bradford. We've seen this for two or three game stretches in the past. I'm sorry. I like Sam Bradford, don't get me wrong. These teams are better, but they're not that good offense. And I love Diggs and Thielen. I mean, I think these two guys are real deals. We were talking about that last week or the week before. I can't remember. It's Delvin Cook. If they can keep the running game going right. and the offensive line keep Bradford on his feet, I think that, you know, Bradford looks like he is. I don't know, and it's week one. But I watched that game. I mean, he looked like he was having – of course, he was having fun out there. They were destroying them. Bludgeoning somebody at home on opening (laughs) day. He's probably enjoying himself. But you know what I mean. Right. You know what I mean? Saw him – some of those games, I saw him with the Rams. I mean, it was like he was – it was cringeworthy, him even going out on the field. I think they – it's his team now. Right. 
there's confidence there. And, I mean, that goes a long way. Yeah, so, so I just I, – I think you see the value there. I don't think it should change, but I think it's something to keep in mind and just not overreact one way or the other, positive or negative, because I don't think we saw any – what we have saw this week and probably into this week is not even going to be uh, in relation to what's going to be happening in October and November when right. these teams start to figure it out. All right, Rick, why don't we hop over, Rick, old favorite, get back to it, game balls, stinky socks for week one. Start with the game ball. I think I'm going with the positive. Game ball goes to. I have a sound. Adam effect. Thielen. Oh, he took one right off. Nine my list. receptions, a buck fifty-seven. I mean, love this guy. You love, buying it? Love both of them. Yeah, I'm buying it because because I'll tell you what, he had a good year last year. Right. He moved right into this number two slot. Him and Diggs are the real deal. And I think Sam Bradford has some weapons at his disposal. I really like. It. And and Adam Thielen. We talked about this last week. It wasn't like. You weren't real excited about him, but I pointed out he's not one of these guys that are that is super flashy and everything, but he makes the tough catches. Right. He runs good routes. He gets the separation by not being the fastest one out there, but he makes the catches and he gets the, the, the clutch first downs. Yeah, I think he's one of these guys, and I wonder, the, the only fear I would have as the year goes on, if he keeps this up, because I think right now he's the type of guy you can sort of fade in the background and you forget about, right? You got Stefan Diggs, who's kind of a flashy guy. You got to worry about the run game. You got to worry about Kyle Rudolph. And all of a sudden, here comes little Adam Thielen flying across the field, similar to a Wes Welker, right? And he's going to catch the ball if you get it anywhere near him. So you wonder, can it? Would a defense start to key on him, and will it do any good? That I don't know. But the thing is about Thielen is he's not—he's not huge. He's about a couple hundred pounds, but he's six-two. He's right. not like the Welker. No, you know what that's I'm saying? true. That's true. Yeah, and that's one thing I like about him. And I mean, this is what this is his fourth year. He pulled in sixty-nine catches last year, almost a thousand yards. I think he's a nice season veteran, third-year guy last year, sort of come into his own. I think he's hit his stride. All right, Rick. For me, Adam Thielen was a finalist. Alex Smith was a finalist. We don't need to spend a lot of time talking about that. We've done it already. But for me, game ball goes to. Darn it! I fat fingered the the buttons there. Tarek Cohen, Rick. Here's why. Here's why I'm excited. Here we saw what he did in the preseason. Put up huge numbers, and we see so many guys do that. So you don't want to overreact to it. He only had 13 touches, Rick, and he went over a hunch and a touchdown with those 13 touches. We talked about it at the top of the show. They're lacking in offensive weapons. Jordan Howard's going to be the primary back. But Cohen's going to come in and in a PPR scenario, had eight catches last week. I think that's this is going to be a pretty consistent stat line for this guy. And he's got the ability, anytime he touches the ball, to break it. So he could have some, even some really big games coming out of that. But what he can do with 13 touches excites me. And, and I'm like, so uh, – sort of giving them the game ball over 100 guys who had better numbers just because I think we're seeing the emergence of somebody fantasy relevant we didn't spend much time in July talking about. I agree. There's just not a lot to say. I mean, time will tell. You know, we just haven't seen enough. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I really like this kid. All right, Rick, let's move on to what the old Rick did best, not the new Rick. But uh, how about a stinky sock? Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, how about it? Where was that safety blanket? Where was that safety valve and everything that you want to call him for Tom Brady? Yeah, two catches, 33 yards. Now, he did drop, or not drop, but I mean, he would have been a spectacular touchdown catch, but he couldn't hold on to it. Where was the Gronk? 
that we come come to get used to. He's healthy. He should be making these catches before he breaks something. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. That's probably coming. So you're looking at a limited number of games. He can put up the big numbers. It's almost why, Rick, I tend to, other than just general common sense and what they've done in the past, but why I tend to less believe what I saw last Thursday, the fact that Tom Brady played so poorly and Rob Gronkowski played so poorly, unable to get open. You know, I don't want to call that one in the end zone a drop pass, but two years ago, eight out of ten times he catches that ball, right? It's just the whole thing seemed kind of off, which is so strange for a Patriots offense. I don't have a ton of concerns. I, I just I don't know what to make any of it right. out of any of it. And I, unfortunately, they go to New Orleans this week, so I don't think we're gonna get any answers there. But for me, Rick, let's go. Huh, who do I have here? You stink. Well, I had David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell as finalists. Brandon Marshall as a finalist. But how about this one, Rick? Hunter Henry is going to get my stinky saga of the week. Not only did he not catch the ball. He was one of my finalists. He had the same amount of targets as you did. He wasn't even a consideration in this offense. He was on the field more than Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates didn't put up any big numbers, but he had some catches. He had some targets. Hunter Henry was not targeted. Is this some weird game planning thing here? All we heard about in the preseason was he is the guy. He He is Phil Rivers' guy. This offense, this passing game going to run through him and what he was going to do with Keenan Allen and how good he looked in the preseason. And then to head out there, I know you're in Denver. I understand that. But I think if anywhere in Denver would be a guy where a good tight end would be valuable, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what to think about it. But unfortunately, whether it's game plan or his own failings. You stink. Sorry, Hunter. You stink. I agree. Hunter Henry, none. Zippy. Antonio Gates, two catches. Jimmy Graham, three catches. I had some tight ends on my list of, of yeah. stinky socks. Yeah, you could just say Of course, say I had Gronk. End. Greg Olson, two for 18. I mean, where were the tight ends? I don't, it's Except weird. for Hooper and Jesse James. Well, and the thing is, you... I want to get excited about Hooper. I have him in the Caveman League, right? And he, he was one of the catalysts to, to me stealing a win in week one. He did that on two catches, Rick, so I'm not, right. I'm not going out and buying any jerseys just no. yet. I mean, <laughs> no. how often is that big oaf going to bust one for 85 and a touchdown <laughs> and then bust another one for 40? I mean, this isn't going to happen a lot. He's going to have to get a hell of a lot more involved to actually be a number one tight end. And, and another thing – the old man, Jason Wilton, Witten, seven catches, seven catches, 59 yards and a touchdown. Nothing huge, but he's there. He's getting the catches. Um, boy, I tell you, I wish I could vote because I'd love to have that first ballot vote for Jason Witten to get to the Hall of yeah, Fame. He doesn't get in on the first ballot. He just closed it, locked the door. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mean, at his position, forget about it. All right, Rick, we've got a game here. All right, real All quick, right. and we can move on from I last. I love games. Yeah. Oh, you know. Oh, hold on. Whoa, he's pounding the I face. am, and, and I tweeted this but the other day. I tweeted you this the other day, and you got equally PO'd. Okay. We have swept the nation for, what, four years oh, yeah. now. <laughs> the game that swept the nation for four years, I'd have to look back when we started it. Fact or fiction. We have been ruthlessly, <laughs> brazenly ripped off. Stolen. Stolen. Absconded with. <laughs> pirated. <laughs> we I should mean, get a thesaurus in the studio. Um, it's just, I am so... I just, there is skullduggery and malfeasance afoot, Rick. And, and the thing is, I can't talk like I normally do. 
because I got this microphone in front of me. Well, go ahead and curse. I can no. edit it out. No, Let the, it fly. It still won't be anything except Who was beeps. it? CBS, right? CBS stole has fact. stolen brazenly calling it <laughs> fact or fiction. Yes. What we swept the country with for four straight years, right. and we even did it this preseason. You know what? That, that's what's fantastic about this show. Eleven people listen to it. We have the audacity to think that CBS is stealing from us. They are. But that's what we're telling people. Oh, yeah. that's because it's true. So, so CBS, that's because it's true. You're on notice. And if we ever have any money, boy, we're coming after you. Yeah. Well, that could be a while. But if we do, you better watch your ass. I'll, I'll tell, tell you that. You, I, I just, I'm done. <laughs> well, we'll see. If My the, patience is at an end. We'll see if they steal this game, Rick. It's called "Is It Real." So just some of the – this is going to be tough week one, but I think this is where you got to start looking at it. So this is where Anomalous – is it – is it real? You are fake news. Or is it fake news, Rick? I only have a few of them. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Okay. All right, Rick, so I here we go. games. Is it real? Yeah, go ahead like... and steal this one, you jerks. <laughs> I, I like to isolate that and just start tweeting that to them. So you... Yeah. <laughs> What was Steel it on their website? Their... It was on the radio, so just on the like radio. us. Did they, they have the awesome sounds, the buzzer? I and got the some mad, I turned it no, off. No, you couldn't listen. I no, understand. I didn't listen. Uh, you're, the essence of our show had been ripped from our hands. Yeah. I don't blame you for, for just... your anger. All right, Rick, is it real? Alex Smith and Sam Bradford are the top two quarterbacks in fantasy football after week one. Now, I'm not asking you whether they finish as the top two quarterbacks in fantasy football, but are these guys legitimate number one quarterbacks as the season rolls on? Fantasy-wise? Yes. I could watch you try to. I could watch you do this all day. You are fake news. Yeah. No, they're not going to end up as number ones, I don't believe. One of them might. You know, if everything goes their way, no injuries and so forth. But to have both of them in the top 12, I can't see it over a 16-game period. Look, I'd have to look at the stats, but I believe I'm correcting this. I think Alex Smith had one 300 game last year. I think it was 300-yard game last year. I think it was week one. Oh, really? Okay. I think. I'd have to look for sure. But I know he didn't have many and was early on. Um Bradford, we we covered that. To me, has the best chance. Probably, right. I think Minnesota. I don't know. Kansas City's a doggone good team, but I just don't think that that's Smith's game. No, and and I think that thing just got away from the Patriots in the second half. I think half. so. As bad as they played defense, and I worry that could be a long term problem. They're not that bad. You would and not Alex think. Smith in that Chiefs offense is not that bad. If that just, defense is that bad, they oh, win eight games. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I don't think Bill Belichick lets that happen. No. Right. So, yeah, I agree with you. Maybe Brett. Maybe even Smith. I don't know. Maybe one of these guys can sneak in as twelve, but they're not going to be up near the top of the leaderboard too awful long. No. It's just not who either one of them are. All right, Rick. Is it real? Back to this one again. I think we got to stop covering everything we're going to cover later as we cover something else. Tom Brady and the Patriots offense struggled mightily in week one. Is this a real concern? You are fake news. I think they're fine. I think they'll be fine. I, I have to agree with you because of the history, but this is the first time I'd even hesitate on that, right? I think in the past you just uh, come on, you know, shut up. What are you talking about? It's Tom Brady. But, but you just but again the thing it was so bad in the second half you almost can't believe it. Just like with their defense. It's like the whole thing came apart. But you you've had rounds of golf. You've had 
whatever, played on softball right, teams. Right. And Sometimes games, things just get away. And, and get away from you, and before you know it, it's just out of control, and you just can't wait for it to be over with. I, I think this could have been one of those games. Kansas City, you know, props. They outplayed them, and like I said, they stomped the mud hole in them. But I don't think they're going to do – I mean, that's just not how bad New England is. I will say this, however. Again, not making a prediction, just something rattling around in this mostly empty head of mine. Tom Brady is 40 years old, all right? It's going to go away at some point or start to deteriorate at some point. I understand he's out eating seaweed and rocks or whatever the hell he's doing. <laughs> and, and he's a little bit different. But Father Time's undefeated, right? Oh, you he, better he's believe 100% it, undefeated. Some guys run him a little deeper into the fourth quarter. But he is completely undefeated. It's going to happen and at some gonna point. And he's going to stay that way. And it's going to happen in the next two to three years. Is it crazy to think this could be the year at least it starts? I don't think it's insane. I don't tend to believe it just because of what we saw just last February, right? He's only nine months older than he was in February. But you just want – at some point, Rick, it's going to happen. Well, and the maybe, key, just maybe, it's starting. The, the key is, Rick, it doesn't really matter how much seaweed and rocks and seashells and everything that you eat. It's that – it's like you said, it's father time. You've hit that 40 – those little dings and dangs, they don't heal up quite as quick. Right. You're just a little stiffer, just a little sore. You know, you may not really even notice it, you know, right off the bat. Yeah, you know, believe me, I've been there. I've hit all these plateaus. Yeah. And fallen back <laughs> off of them and landed on your face. Yeah. And it, you just don't heal like you do when you're 25 years old. And, and that's why sometimes we've covered some of these guys um, that injure a, a you know, like a broken bone. I can't remember who it was and had the surgery, a minor surgery on a meniscus, I think it was. The guy's 25, and all of a sudden, you know, he can't heal and this, that, right. and the other. That's really concerning. Mm-hmm. At 40, right. I mean, that's normal. But, yeah, I mean, I think Tom Brady, it's going to be the beginning of the end. Sure yeah, it is. So it, you just want – and, again, I'm not going to predict it. You know, I'm going to go back. If it does happen, I'm going to go back and edit this and take out where I keep saying I'm not going to predict it, but I'll just put in the stuff after the but. I predict but, it, yeah. yeah. Well, I, that that even be lying. I'll just take out all of that and just everything after the but. Right. Which, as you know, in general, everything before the but's BS anyhow. Right. right? So here's what I want to tell you. After the but's everything I actually think. Right. So maybe I actually believe it's going to a lovely shirt, but but yeah. <laughs> All right, Rick. Is it real? The Rams' offense looked scary, scary good under Sean McVay. Yeah, they did look real. They did. Um, I'm going for real, not 46 points for no, real. No. But I like what he's doing, and, and they. They played a horrible team. I think right. they played the worst team in football. Yeah, you're right. But this, I think these days of these anemic, these scores that you predict, oh, the Rams are going to lose 29 to 6 right. or 38 to 8 or something. I think these days are over. I, I think you're going to start seeing Todd Gurley production. I think the line is okay. Jared Goff has seemed to get the green light. And has found himself um, actually pretty accurate against the worst team in football. Right. I, I understand that, but 
No, I think they're I think they're on the right track. That defense is going to keep them in games. I mean, they're they're a That's lot. They Aaron are Donald's a lot back. like Jacksonville, right? In my mind, Jared Goff's not. I don't think they're going to have the opportunity for him to have to carry the team. The defense will keep him in the game. Gurley, I think, is is back on track because of the offensive line. Not so much Gurley. I don't think he ever lost it. And he just has to do enough to keep the offense moving. I think he'll do it. Here's my concern with this. I, in general, I tend to agree with you. It's hard to just write off putting up that many points. We saw what McVay did in Washington, right? That's a very dynamic offense. He was a part of right. a part of coaching. Here's my problem. I look at this. They go out and they put up 40, what was it, 46, 49, whatever, 46, they, whatever think, they put yeah. up. We, we tend to think Todd Gurley had a little bit of a bounce back because he was catching the ball, right? That's big. That, that's something you don't expect from Todd Gurley. He was involved in the passing game. He got in the end zone. That's all great. Rick, he still averaged two yards a carry. Two yeah. yards a carry. So this is a full season and a half against, to your point, and to your mind, the worst team in football and an improved offensive line. He still managed only two yards a carry. Now, I think from a fantasy perspective, I have less concern because if they're involving him in the passing game now, that can overcome that, right? But I have concerns about that, number one. I also have concerns that Sammy Watkins really only had five for 50 in a game that offense played pretty well. Now, granted, they scored two defensive touchdowns. That actually won me a game. I had the Rams defense in a fantasy league. They scored almost 40 points, and I won completely based on that. I crapped the bet everywhere else. But anyhow, less, less about me, more about the topic at hand. You worry their top two playmakers weren't all that involved or didn't put up great numbers. So is this just an extension of the Colts being that bad, things got it going? Or is Cooper Cup the real deal? In the, in the way McVay runs the offense, it could work without getting big numbers out of the big names you would expect. That, that's what I'm curious about. I have be. a hard time putting my finger on it. It could be, I, and I don't know either. Week one could be an anomaly. They could score three points this week. Right. We don't know. But I think they're in the right direction of, yeah. of productivity, quite frankly. I think what we know is I, Jared Goff, if he has some time and some confidence, can make throws. We saw that, which we didn't see last year. That's true. So that's big right there. That's huge right there. And the downs that Gurley ran on, it was almost to the point – I mean, it was almost predictable that he was going to run. And the game was in hand. You hand off to him and – it was running the clock. I mean, it was you know no surprises here. I mean, certainly they should the line should be opening up holes. Right. But I don't know. I I think they're in the right direction. Are they going to be a juggernaut this year? No. But I think they're going to be a lot better than five points a game like they were last year. All right, Rick. Last one, and we'll move on for this. We'll get to predicting this, this upcoming week. Rick, is it real? Cam Newton couldn't have hit water if he fell out of a boat, even though they won the game on Sunday. Well, you know, well, okay, yeah, on Sunday, that's for real. He was horrible. He was very rusty. And Is it just rust for you? I guess that's the question. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm not real scarred yet, but uh, I'm getting scarred. <laughs> Literally, because I've got Calvin Benjamin in a lot of my legs, and I can't afford to have him, you know, stay anemic like this. He's got to start winging the ball around. But when you have the game in hand, but he he wasn't sharp. He was terrible. I mean, listen, they missed probably should they probably should have won forty five six. Right, they missed some wide open receivers. 
and still worried about still no touch. He seems to be able to find that touch to McCaffrey, but nobody else. You know, I, I'd liken the fact that, you know, step away from Newton for a minute, that even though McCaffrey's final numbers didn't look great, even though he put the ball on the carpet, yeah, that offense seems to be rotating around him now, which is big news for, for fantasy owners. But I worry about this, right? He took that beating last year, so you almost want to throw last year out because even though he was inaccurate, even though he struggled, he was running for his life and just take, just getting right. manhandled week after week. That didn't happen this week. Is he, is he a little gun shy? Is it just rough? I, I don't know what it was. We're going to have to really watch this going forward, but I'm afraid, I, I'm really afraid this could be who Cam Newton is now. You know, I think last week was basic, probably perfect scenario. They played San Francisco, not a real good team, but he's coming off that shoulder surgery, held out the entire preseason, you know, and, and just didn't have a ton of reps, got into game shape, you know, a little bit, survived it. Didn't take a whole lot of bad, big hits. Only, what, 14 of 25 passing or whatever it was, 171 yards. But he had two touchdowns, only the one pick. Nothing bad right. still, happened. You know, Didn't get hurt, still got a win. Right. Basically I, I, the fifth preseason game. I think going That's into, a positive spin. Yeah, and I think playing Buffalo this week. Look, Buffalo riding high, but, you know, let's face it, they beat the Jets. I think this should be a, a real good test for Cam Newton. He comes out of this, you know, whatever. 235, 240, couple of touchdowns. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, it's less about the They've numbers for me. They've got to protect them. Because Stewart looked good running the ball. Yes. They work McCaffrey, and so it's less about less for me about the numbers. But I'm concerned he missed some wide-open receivers. That could be real bad news for, well, for that, your boy Kelvin Benjamin. That could be real bad news. Well, that is, the numbers do concern you because right. that's why your numbers stay sucky because you keep yeah. missing people. That, that's a fair point. Your numbers <laughs> stay sucky. Yep. You only get that here at the asylum. Well, it's true. That type of hard-hitting, deep dive into the numbers. Well, well, I, I'm still sucky. upset because Factor Fiction was <laughs> brazenly ripped <laughs> off as we swept the nation with that damn game. It's malfeasance of the highest order, Rick. It really is. All right, let's Small try to duggery. move fast. So we spent an hour talking about a week where really the takeaway is let's throw it out. It means nothing. At least it was for me. That was my last takeaway. Throw it out, but let's spend an hour talking about it. And, you know – you admit it, it was a crazy week, just right? Weird. It's not a good word, not a good broadcast word. It's the best I can come up with. It was just weird. None yeah. of it made sense. None of it made sense. Hence, when I say you went eleven and four in your predictions <laughs> last week, that's why. No. You take everything totally backwards and wrong, and it usually shows every week. <laughs> but since we have a crazy week, That's you have I a shine. wonderful win. I think I kept it within a game or two last year. Is that what we're doing? We go to the game predictions, or you want to do uh, starts and sits? Well, we started. Let's do that when we do yeah, starts and sits let's do the predictions, after. and we'll do starts and sits, and we'll dive in the mailbag. Oh, right. I don't know how much time we have left. but uh, yeah, We're only at an hour. we got some time. Oh, this, yeah. this won't take that long. Oh, we got plenty All of time. right, Rick, this game has already happened by the time the good folks have heard it, but it, we promise it hasn't happened yet. It's 725 Eastern on Thursday as the Cincinnati Bengals host the Houston Texans. The two biggest, I think, maybe short of San Francisco and Indianapolis disappointments of week one. I don't think San Francisco and Indy were such disappointments because they basically weren't thought to win the game. That's true. Uh, you know, Cincinnati and Houston, Houston especially, uh, was, was a favorite. I'm going – I just can't see – and this offensive line could prove me wrong. 
against uh, Houston's defensive line, but I just can't see Andy Dalton being this horrified, running for his life and just terrible. I'm going with Cincinnati. Somehow Marvin Lewis's, Lewis figures out that one running back needs the ball here yeah, or there. Every now and again. Yeah. I'm going Cincinnati 24, Houston 17. Yeah, I went the other way. I'm buying into Deshaun Watson a little bit. I think you look at it all across the board. Houston's a better defense. They Cincinnati got worse defensively. That offensive line is just that bad. Now, Cushing going out, and that happened since I made this prediction, and I'm not going to move off it. Cushing going out does make a difference. He's not a the game the game or the, the sit. Let me, let me slow down. He is not the different. I like what you pound on that. You thing are fake all day. news. Yeah. Just touch it lightly, Ricky. You don't I have did. to try to put your finger. You through saw it. me do it and it didn't work. Just, just bump. You it. are fake news. Okay, I'm going to do it again. Through it. You are fake See? news. Just bump it. Just, just touch it. I'm happy. Over here, like a big. Oaf. If I get tired of hearing you, I'm gonna play that drum roll. <laughs> big over just slamming like your it. finger off of that thing. Anyhow, all that being said, I think Cincinnati's offensive line is that bad. I think I'm they've lost their way. Thinking off. you're could be right. They've lost their way offensively. Marvin Lewis can't move off of Gio Bernard. I'm not saying Joe Mixon's the next Barry Sanders, but I think he's a, a dynamic playmaker. They're missing on off on that offense that could really help them out when your offensive line's bad, check downs, quick screens, whatever it is. Marvin Lewis is just slow to react. So for all that, I, I think the Texans find a way here and win this thing 20-13. to 13. I think you're going to be asleep by halftime. It's going to be some damn boring. <laughs> Probably, but, yeah. All right, Rick, heading to Sunday. Coming off a shutout of the aforementioned Bengals, the Ravens host your Cleve Brownies. Yeah, I think this should be a – this should be a knockdown drag out, I think. And – um Baltimore's going to find, I think, Cleveland's defense is a little better. and um, But I think Baltimore's, they're at home. Cleveland's still Cleveland. I'm going Baltimore 20, Cleveland 17. Yeah, I got it Ravens 23-17. I like what Kaiser did, and I think he's good I enough to keep this thing close. And they play a good they play a good enough brand of defense there to, to slow down that Baltimore offense, now missing Danny Woodhead, everything we talked about early. I think it's a close game. But, yeah, the Ravens find a way to win this one at home. All right, Tampa Bay finally gets it rolling after an unfortunate week one bye as they host the Chicago Bears. Yeah, they're down in Tampa. they got a lot to play for. Chicago came off a very tough loss last week against Atlanta. And I got a feeling they're going to have another one. Now I'm going Tampa Bay 24, Chicago 20. I think monster game for Mike Evans, monster game for Jaquiz Rogers. These are guys I think really go off, and I think it's going to be a pretty handy win for Tampa Bay, 31-20. to 20. All right, Steelers at home taking on the Vikings. They better play a hell of a lot better than they did against Cleveland if they want to beat that team. Right, and, you know, Ben Roethlisberger comes out and says, you know, like to bring back the Heinz Field mystique. Well, guess what, pal? It's on you. You need to get out there and start lighting it up and they're going to have to i think against minnesota and and ben's got to start being sharper more accurate that game against houston he just didn't look good cleveland you mean what i say houston, houston. yeah houston yeah, against cleveland i apologize but he just didn't look good it was he wasn't sharp yeah. he started finding rhythm with antonio brown but you're not going to win every game with Antonio Brown. You have to start 
And let's face it, Le'Veon Bell wasn't in game shape. No. And there's a lot of improvement to be made. And I think we're going to start seeing some strides made at home. I like Pittsburgh 27, Minnesota 21. Yeah, I've got the Steelers here 31-27. We've, we've talked about the difference between Roethlisberger home and road. The Steelers, I hope, I don't think are going to come out and commit all those penalties early in the game. That threw everything off. I think Le'Veon Bell wasn't in game shape, and I think also he got taught a little lesson, a little subtle lesson by Mike Tomlin. He was on the field a lot. I mean, they, there was downs. He was off the field, which just doesn't happen right. on first and second down. I think that's over. Tomlin, you know, that's the kind of guy he is. He proved his point now. I think he, we get him back into rhythm. That said, that's pretty good defense, but I think the Steelers find a way. All right, Saints at home taking on what has to be a pretty angry New England Patriots squad. And I think they're going to take it out on them. I, I have New England 42, New Orleans 20. I, th- I think the, the Saints' defense is a mess. And going back to your point 45 minutes ago, I think Adrian Peterson is bad for that locker room. Yeah. And I just, I just think they're going to start really starting to implode unless something happens. But I think New Orleans, or yeah, New Orleans is in big trouble this week. Yeah, I think the Patriots uh, get it get it back rolling here a little bit. I got them thirty seven twenty four. Chiefs coming off that big win hosting the Eagles. This is what I'm looking forward to. I'll check in on this one. Oh, no doubt about that. Two fast teams, and Alex Smith, Carson Wentz, both guys kind of lit it up a little bit in right. week one. We, we failed to mention Carson Wentz had a nice game against Washington. I don't know. Kansas City's got to be riding high. I like Kansas City. I just think they're a better team right now. And uh, 24-19, Kansas City. Yeah, I wanted to predict a bit of a letdown, and I think that may be a possibility. But Kansas City, you know, you talk about Ben complaining about the atmosphere at Heinz Field. And by and large, I think he's right. That's a different conversation for a different day. That's become a real bougie Pittsburgh crowd. I don't know if it's the price or the Red Zone channel or what it is, but it's not what it once was. Kansas City is still that, and I think that makes the difference here, right? So I got Kansas City 29-23 should be a good one. Jaguars riding high at home after 10 sacks taking on the Tennessee Titans. You know, I wasn't stunned i took tennessee to win last week i wasn't stunned they got beat by oakland obviously um but jacksonville they're you know jacksonville suffered a lot of damage from the hurricane they're at home they're riding high one and oh can they continue i mean jacksonville two and oh in the division and tennessee oh and two i find that highly unlikely quite frankly but <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, but I, only at the asylum. You I get that am type of going. Analysis. I'm going with one of my upset specials of the week: Jacksonville 23, Tennessee 21. You took in in changing your mind at the end. Anyhow, you took my whole rationale for picking Tennessee here. I'm until I see it. There's no way Jacksonville's sitting two and zero in this division. Until I see it. I, I just don't believe it. So I'll take Tennessee here 31-20. Although, to be All honest right. with you, I won't be stunned if you're right. I really wouldn't. But I just like has nothing to do with the X's and O's, the players on the field. It's just the Jaguars, <laughs> right? 2-0 and in the division. Come right. on. All right, Rick. Boy, I have to talk about Stinker Bowl 2017 here as the Colts host the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, look, I said Indianapolis is the worst team in football. I think – even traveling to Indianapolis, Arizona is going to show them that how bad they are. 
Arizona 37, Indy 16. Yeah, 26 to 6. I don't know how yeah. Indy gets in the end zone <laughs> I don't, unless Marlon Mack breaks a long one. All right, Rick, Panthers at home hosting Bills. Should be a little better test for Cam Newton. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game for on both sides or on both teams. Uh, Buffalo had a nice win against New York, but it was New York. Carolina had a nice win against San Francisco. But I think they're both – on a lot more equal plane than those other two teams. I like Carolina at home. I think Cam Newton gets a little sharper. I think the offense expands a little bit, you know, talking about Calvin Benjamin and so forth. I like Carolina 27, Buffalo 23. Yeah, I got – we're almost right on there. I got the Panthers 30 to 24. No, I don't – not a ton to talk about there. All right, Rick, how much time do you want to spend on the Raiders hosting the Jets? Um, I think I'm going Oakland. Okay, that's that's bold. I, I think I'll go Oakland in this one at home against the Jets. I have it 37-14. I just can't see the Jets generating Man. much offense. No. I mean, here's my analysis. Raiders 114, <laughs> Jets 3. All right, moving on. The L.A. Chargers, Rick, at home in a 30,000-seat stadium that they haven't sold out yet. I'd love to have time to talk about the whole L.A. experiment yeah. one of these days. Taking on the Miami Dolphins coming off of that week one bye. Yeah, you have your team in L.A. there, pals. You got you all happy now. Why don't you put them back in San Diego? Did you see the Coliseum? Diego? See him? Did you look at any look in on any of that Rams game? Yeah, that place was forty percent full. Yeah, if that, it I was know. embarrassing. Yeah, and look, Meanwhile, they're going to get a bump for a year or two with that new stadium. But I screamed this when they were talking about this for three years now. They don't have the interest in it. It's a basketball city. They love the Dodgers, and it's a college football city. They don't care about your NFL, especially two teams. This is crazy. No, they keep they keep losing teams, but they keep dumping them back in there because LA is big. Look, San Diego is good size too, and they support the Chargers. Put them back there. I don't like saying Los Angeles Chargers anyway. Yeah, I can't get used. It, it stinks. I'll be saying San Diego probably until I'm dead. Um, so, Friday. Maybe. I don't think San, San Diego did. <laughs> Say, we have a one-year reprieve. For okay, one thanks. year, they are, they are the San Diego charge. I just don't think they're going 0-2. I, I picked them to take the, the Western Division this year. I think I'm going to be wrong because I think yeah, maybe I think Kansas City is a better team. But I still think San Diego is right there. Or Los Angeles. So I'm going 30-24, Chargers. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers here against a really good defense. Melvin Gordon looked better than I thought he would. Keenan Allen a little slow to get going, but he managed to get in the end zone. I can't imagine Hunter Henry takes an over again. This offense is just too good. And I'm going to have to see it from Jay Cutler in a regular season game to believe he can go on the road all the way out to Los Angeles, even though they've had the week off. So, again, should be less of a concern. But I don't know that they have the offense to go out there and keep up with L.A. So I'm going to take the Chargers here, 29-26. All right, Rick, this ought to be a good one too. Seahawks hosting the 49ers. Yeah, I think Seattle is coming off the beating they took um, against Green Bay. They're just a better team. San Francisco's building. They're a little better. But I like Seattle, 31-16. Yeah, I think Seattle gets uh, gets healthy here after really a beatdown, an absolute beatdown. We talked about that, how bad their offensive line is there in Seattle. We've talked about it with Cincinnati and Houston, some of these teams. Seattle's is bad, and I think that's going to affect them down the road, but not here as the Seahawks win 27-10. Rams, we talked a lot about it. Can they follow up that performance last week as they host the Redskins? I don't know if they can or not, but I really don't like Washington traveling. 
they didn't look good either. No, they're a their, dumpster fire. Their defense is not as good as Los Angeles's. I'm going Rams, my second upset special of the week. I'm going Rams 34, Washington 30. Yeah, I'm with you. We I thought maybe we'd differ on that one, but the Red, Redskins just aren't good, Rick. They have no running game to speak of. Doxon couldn't get on the field last last week at all. Now he's hurt again. He's already missing he's missing time in practice dealing with I believe a hamstring, so it's nothing major, but we can't get Josh Doxon on the field. I'll tell you what, Jordan Reed looked limited with that toe. He didn't look like himself. They they barely targeted Jamison Crowder. I think they've got a lot of problems. It was a tumultuous offseason in Washington. I think oh, we've yeah. seen it roll over. And then to take that beating, well, they, they kept it close, but to lose that game and then travel all the way against a team that's feeling pretty darn good about itself, I think it's a little bit ugly, but I got the Rams here, 23-20. All right, the Broncos at home. This is, is going to be a doozy here, the Broncos hosting the Cowboys. This should be, like you said, it should be a dandy. And um, you were going a different order. I have to find it on my sheet here. Go ahead and pad for me, pal. All right, well, find it. I'll okay, start. there it is. Oh, go, go ahead. Okay, I, you know Dallas. I thought they were they may take a step back this year. Doesn't look like they're going to. They they look pretty solid. Denver's defense is still Denver's defense, but I think there's a little bit more concern on the offensive side of the ball in Denver than is Dallas. Hence, I'm going Dallas 23, Denver 18. Yeah, it's hard to predict the Broncos losing at home. You could see even in that Monday night game, there's a big home field advantage there. That said, this comes down, this is Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott versus Trevor Simeon, right? I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. And, and C.J. Anderson, if and, you're going that way. Yeah, and yeah. Mel, Melvin Gordon didn't put up huge numbers, but he had success running the ball. I think they focus on that. Still concerned, Rick, about, we talked about it, ran through Witten. Looked like Terrence Williams caught. It, the numbers didn't bear it out, but I swear just watching it, if you weren't looking at the numbers, <laughs> you'd have thought he caught 74 balls. And Des Bryant, quiet again. I'm telling you, I told you this last week when we were predicting the bus is something to keep an eye on. It really is. We both talked about Does that. It I thought Des Bryant could be a, a, a surprise for the year one way or the other. Right. He's either going to be terrible or he can explode. But I, I'm with you. I think it's nervous. going to be. But in terms of wins and losses, I think this is how the Cowboys win games, Rick. And I have the Cowboys here as well, 24-21. All right, Sunday night football, a uh, rematch of the NFC title game of last year as the Falcons host the Packers. Yeah, and I think um, – all the the failures or shortcomings, I should say, last week Atlanta had against Chicago, that doesn't bear out nearly as well against Green Bay. I like Green Bay 35, Atlanta 27. Yeah, I got a feeling here. Atlanta seems to step up in these games, you know, say for the Super Bowl, obviously. I think they find a way here. I think this is a good old-fashioned shootout that, that we didn't get a lot of last week, and I'm looking forward to it. I'll take the home team here. They're opening that new building. There's always a little extra juice for something like that. So I'm going to take the Falcons here, 33-31. And finally, Monday night football. I don't know how they wind up picking these games. But uh, bad news for Odell Beckham owners is he'll be probably likely to be another game-time decision, and he's playing on freaking Monday as the Giants host the Lions. Right. Yeah, I'm going with the idea that he's going to be okay to go. I'm going with the Giants. I, I, don't, I don't like them at, at 0-2, even though they very could be, they very well could be the way Eli played, and if that running game's terrible. But I think the Giant defense is pretty good. 
and they 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 could clamp down on, on Matt Stafford a little bit. I'm going with Giants in a close one, 23-20. Yeah, I mulled over this one a lot. And what what it came down to was I don't have faith that this version, this the last, you know, the Matt Stafford Lions put together two games in a row like they had last week. So I think they done used it up last week. I think Odell Beckham, if Odell Beckham plays, the Giants win this one 27-17. All right, Rick, let's hop back here. Your starts and sits, and then we'll get that mailbag opened up because, boy, we're time is flying by tonight. Well, it always does in season. There's no question about that. Well, give me a start or a sit. No, you give me one. All you right. go first for a change. My quarterback start, okay. Rick, is going to be Ben Roethlisberger. All right. Good defense. That's the only reason I bring it up. A lot of times you drafted him to be your starter. But you look at that matchup against the Vikings and you get a little bit nervous. We spend so much time in the offseason talking about it, it's no secret. He is a different cat at home especially good weather at home. He's going to find ways to make plays to Antonio Brown. They're going to get Lev Bell, I think, really involved in the passing game. They're going to find a way to put up near 30 points. And so I think Ben Roethlisberger finally has a big – well, finally, it's been one back. <laughs> yeah. But has a big week here in week two. Yeah, I know what you're saying. You know, I, I went with a quarterback start. I mean, obviously, if you've got Brady or Rodgers, you're starting them. But if you're one of these guys maybe on the fence and got one deep – I don't know, say like a Cam Newton, Kirk Cousins, something like that. I'm going to throw this to you. You got Arizona going, playing Indianapolis. Carson Palmer could be in for a big bounce back week. And I kind of like Carson Palmer this week. Yeah, and I'll tell you, if you're playing in daily leagues, his value's gone down. Right. And people are shying away after that. I, I think there is long term concern for Carson Palmer, but I think the Colts are that bad that he'll go out there, a little bit of revenge on the mind, and have the ability to pick them apart. That's a good pick, a good deep streaming type of pick. I like that. All right, at the running back position, Rick, I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara here. I think you you look at what Kareem Hunt did. I think they tried they tried to use Kamara in a similar fashion against the Vikings as the Chiefs used the used Hunt against the Patriots, and we all saw the success there. I think Kamara is clearly the guy. He's going to get the bulk of the work, and and assuming Patriots defense is even only improves 50%, which would be a massive improvement for last week. I think Kamara can put up some numbers in a game that could get away from New Orleans early on, see a lot of that check down stuff to him. I think he could put up big numbers. Yeah, it's very very possible. I mean, everything you said makes makes perfect sense. It's going to be interesting to see which way they go, you know, during the season. It, it could turn into just a real split here. Right. But, um, no, I agree with you. You know, I'll tell you what, I really like, you know, especially with Doug Martin on suspension, you know, I like get Jaquiz Rogers yeah, in there. I yeah. think Jaquiz Rogers is a good start at home. This is this is week one for them, basically. You got the Bears coming in, not the easiest defense, but certainly not the the stingiest out there either. either. But um, I think he's going to be a big part of this offense, and they could be in for a pretty big day. Yeah, yeah, I like him. I like Evans. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a good pick there. And at wide receiver, Rick, I'm going to take Stephon Diggs against the Steelers. Diggs against the Steelers. I, I'm going to stay with that game. Look, they didn't give up a ton of points. They made some big plays, some turnovers, got some sacks. This Steelers defense for all the world looks like one of those bend-but-don't-break types, right, where they're going to let you drive the ball and they're going to let you pile up numbers. Look at what Deshaun Kaiser did against them. 
then I think that's where it changes, where they seem to clamp down. They make the big play when they need it, or, or they keep teams out of the end zone. I think you see a similar thing here. That secondary, while improved, still is pretty suspect. There's some big holes in it. And I think Stephon Diggs exploits that for a lot of catches, especially in a PPR. I think he puts up fairly big numbers. Yeah, Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh gives up a lot. There's no doubt about that. They're, you know, they like to, to – well, they bend and don't break. You know, they're bending a little too much yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I agree. You know? I agree. I, I, I'm with you there. And, and you know, I could actually throw in Adam Thielen as a start too, but right, I'm not right. going to since you since you did that. But I tell you what, I like Chris Hogan for a start against that New Orleans defense. And um, I think he could be a very nice play. You know, a lot of people haven't really mentioned him, but we talked about some of the problems with uh, with the New England offense. You know, I think they're going to be okay. And, I mean, this defense is nothing to write home about. I think Hogan's a good start. Yeah, I mean, as you look at it, just as an attrition type of thing, right? Obviously, we know Edelman's out. Don't Not sure where Amendola's staying in that concussion protocol, but here's what we know. He made it about eight snaps before he was laying prone right. on the field again. That's who Amendola is. Well, early on in that game, it looked like, like we talked about, they were trying to fit him into that Edelman role. He's just not durable enough. Chris Hogan, I think, takes over that workload. Yeah, I agree. And speaking of which, you know, since Houston is playing tonight here, you know, Fedorowicz had a concussion. He's on IR. Yeah. I mean, how serious could that be? Yeah, that's scary. That's scary yeah. to be put on IR with a concussion. Yeah, that's exactly. Terrifying. All right, I'll hop over to the Citric at quarterback. I'm sitting Kirk Cousins. We we talked about it enough during the game prediction. Team's just a dumpster fire. You lose 2,000-yard receivers. You had 3,000 miles to a team feeling pretty good about the, themselves with a really good defense who can create turnovers. It could be a long day for Kirk Cousins. It very well could be. There's no doubt about that. That, that Ram defense could harass him all game long. Um, I'll tell you what, a, a guy to sit, I'm, it, it's hard to say sit a quarterback because, you know, you're, you dr- don't have another one generally, <laughs> generally, exactly. But if you're one of these guys that ran out and grabbed Alex Smith, I, I wouldn't be looking for another 368 no. yard game, even at home against Philadelphia. And I, I think you're going to see more of your 250, 270, Something like that out of Alex Smith. So if you have your regular quarterback, don't think all of a sudden yeah. Alex Smith is going to save your season. Right, right. Go ahead and roster him. Goodbye week oh, yeah. if your guy goes down. But you're, I, I agree with you. Let's, let's he not does do it again this yet. week. You might start all thinking. Right. Then we'll probably spend 45 minutes next week discussing <laughs> right, exactly. it. But let, let's go ahead and let that happen. All right, at running back tonight, Rick, I'm going to sit Joe Mixon. It's I'm taking a wait and see. He's going to take his job over, right? But I know a lot of folks still starting this guy. He will take it over at some point in the season, but like we talked about, Marvin Lewis is stubborn. It, it's going to take a minute. So just pump the brakes there. Yeah, I agree. And uh, what else can you say? There's just don't get excited over over this guy. And, and, I mean, they showed nothing to start with. No. <laughs> So, I mean, why would you even want to? I mean, that's it's just uh, that's a real gutty pick there. Isn't it? No. <laughs> and I tell you what, I'm going to go with another one and, until something comes up. And I, and I don't even know. You know, I'm not going to go with him. I had some finalists. You know, Paul Perkins, of course, is one. He's a starting running back. You drafted him thinking you could put him in a flex or something right. like that. Right now, I'm not even considering him. No. I got him. I've had him rostered on some teams. But I think C.J. Anderson's won the guy that I don't really want in my lineup. 
And here's a guy you probably may be thinking about oh, playing. Definitely. Yeah, they're playing at home. They're against Dallas. That Dallas is pretty good defense. And I'm just not I'm not convinced that this Denver offense can keep up with a team like Dallas. Hence is why I have them even losing at home. Yeah, C.J. Anderson's interesting because you watched that last week in the first half. He's averaged about four or five yards a carry, looked pretty good. But they didn't get him involved in the passing game. And then any time they got inside to 10, they brought in your boy Jamal Charles. So I think you worry, you know, with the way the running back position is being used here in fantasy football – He's still probably an RB2 most weeks, depending on the matchup. I'm starting to wonder, Rick. We talk about fantasy all the time, obviously, and we love these darlings for fantasy scoring. But you look at the teams. Um, Jacksonville had just a dominant performance. Fournette was in there. Right. I mean, you know, they supplanted him a little bit with Ivory here and there. But for the most part, he was the guy. And, you know, you look at some of the other teams. Um, actually, even Green Bay, they used Ty yeah, all the time. Good. He, he looked, looked good. He looked good. Pittsburgh's going to go with Bell. I mean, they get into a rhythm. And, and these teams, Denver's one of them. Cincinnati's another one we're really talking about. They just don't have any identity in that backfield, and it shows. Right, yeah. And it'll be interesting to watch Anderson going forward. All right, and real quick, we need to get to the mailbag, Greg. Hell, it's a, <laughs> we're, we're getting over time already. At wide receiver, I hate to do this to you, Rick. Let's go! It's guy love. But I'm going to have to take a crack at your guy, boy, Kelvin Benjamin. I'm sitting him down until I can see Cam Newton <laughs> back, back in rhythm a little bit. Well... I'm not going to say I blame you, but I own so much stock in him. Well, you have no choice. I'm not sitting Calvin Benjamin, but I can see where you're coming from. But I think at home, I think you're going to see a little a little different Carolina offense. I think the sharper Newton gets, look, they already get, McCaffrey and Stewart both had pretty good days. They established that run game. I, I think things just open up and get better for Carolina. So I'm not sitting him only because I own him in about 4,000 leagues. So. <laughs> well, that's because you have guy low. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Okay. Um, now that, well, we're on running backs. I apologize. Yeah, I was we're getting on ready. wide receivers. Oh, wide receivers. Okay. Good. I'm glad because, um, boy, I tell you what, I was really getting scared there. Uh, I, can't, I don't know. Okay, I'm just going to say Sterling Shepard. A lot of guys really think all of a sudden he is the guy in New York. Surprised me how irrelevant he was last week with Odell Beckham out. Yeah, I mean. And Brandon Marshall and everybody. Yeah, I mean, they were anemic last week, but I just don't see Shepard really emerging as anything really fantasy significant. I mean, he had his chance last week. Of course, they were horrible. I mean, I'm not going to blame him for it. But I just don't think that this is what's going to be running through this New York offense if they don't get a running game. And it's going to be Beckham. And I'm sorry, it's going to be Marshall if the passing game does get going. And from now on, I'm sitting him. All right, let's crack open that mailbag. we got to get out of here so we can watch real foosball. Well, kind of. Kind of real. Quarterback dilemma. That's how it starts. All right. Carson Palmer at Indy or Mariota at Jacksonville? Boy, I'd have laughed at that question if it wasn't for what Jacksonville did defensively. 
I'm going to say 10 sacks is fake news, Rick. I'm, Mariota, I'm going Marcus Mariota here. I am. I am. I like the matchup, but Mariota isn't the type of guy you stream, right? I'm going Mariota, but certainly a lot closer than normal. I'm, I'm with you. Standard leg. Hold on. This one from the tweeters at okay. Asylum Football, right. Rick. Start Simeon or Wentz? Wentz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't like the matchup in Kansas City. I, I get the question. I really do. But Barry's out for the year, unfortunately. We didn't talk about that earlier. Wentz is going to get his. Yeah. I, and I think uh, – Simeon's was a little bit of fool's gold, I think, what we saw against San Diego last week. I think so. From, from a point fantasy points perspective, is how, how many times are you going to rush for a touchdown? Right. I think it's Wentz all day long. All right. Back to you. Standard league. Standard league. Calvin Benjamin. Well, here we Alan go. Hearns. Chris Hogan. Do I only get one? Yeah. Hogan. Not even close for me. Okay. I think I'm going to do the same thing. Okay. It doesn't ah, it doesn't say if it's, you know, please write in. Tell us if it's standard, PPR, yeah, get whatever. Get stuff together here. Crowell at Baltimore or Hyde at Seattle. I have McCoy already starting. Yeah, it's a nice nice little trio that you have there. And this week it's Crowell. And I think most weeks it's Crowell. I think it is too. I, I agree. Unless unless Seattle or I mean Seattle if San Francisco really starts pounding the football successfully, I think you have to go with Crowell. Pick two in PPR. Got your little pencil? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Now don't get confused when I start reading them yeah. because there's a little trailer at the end here. Okay. Devontae Parker. Okay. Muhammad Sanu. All right. Shane Vereen. Okay. Rashard Matthews. Okay. Ted Ginn. I need a wide receiver and a flex. He needs a wide receiver. I didn't want you to go, oh, Shane Vereen doing in here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm not smart. All right, so I'm just going to rank them for me. Parker, Matthews. Gins, no. Parker, Matthews, Sanu, Gin, Vereen. I rank them in that order. Okay, we only need two. All right. So you want Parker and Matthews. Yes. I think I, I'm going with you. I might have Matthews slightly ahead of Parker, but who cares? Yeah, yeah the order it, doesn't matter. Yeah, very close. I'm, I'm with you. Okay, we have um, – oh, it is standard. This is standard. Okay. Galladay at the New York Giants or Aguilar at Kansas City. Boy, that's interesting. You got got the upstart. Aguilar was a little bit of a surprise to me. I'm going to go with Galladay. I want to play the hot hand, right? It's kind of exciting, kind of fun to watch. It's a much better deep. Well, you, you, it's hard to say that, a much better defense. Arizona should have been a better defense. Good deep threat, Aguilar. I got to think they get Alshon Jeffrey a little more involved. Give me Galladay here. I think I'm going Galladay, too. We talked about that in the preseason. We were wondering – who was actually going to carry the ball on on Detroit, and who was actually going to get red zone targets on Detroit? Well, I tell you what, it, all through the preseason and in week one, Galladay gets red zone yeah. and, and end zone targets. I like Galladay. This is a standard league. I'm going Galladay. Trade question. <laughs> Blow it up. We need an explosion. Yeah, I do need an explosion on there. I don't <laughs> believe we have one. 
Okay, trade question. I have this, I guess. Where'd it go? Uh... Not quite what we want. We'll tear it down. There'll, there'll be an explosion on there next All week because right. we got to blow it up. It's week one. We lost. Shut it. Just tear it apart. I have until Saturday, and this is a PPR lick. Now get your little pencil out. I got it. Have yourself plenty of room. Oh, okay. I have as running backs David Johnson, Marshawn Lynch, Tevin Coleman. Garrett Blunt. As wide receivers, I have Jarvis Landry, Adam Thielen, Pierre Garçon, okay. Devontae Adams, okay. Travis Benjamin, and Robbie Anderson. Okay. Now here's the offer. I was offered Fournette, Britt, and Djax for Landry, Thielen, and Adams. What should I do? Tell that guy to go F himself. That's what you should do. <laughs> I would do. He's trying to tempt you with DJ being out, tempt you with yep. getting in Fournette, but you're taking you know, you're taking yeah, that's your top three wide receivers right there. You can make an argument with Garcon some weeks. But I think you're fine if you're only starting two with that that roster of wide receivers. Obviously, it hurts bad losing DJ. But you can start Marshawn Lynch, LeGarrette Blunt, supplement him with Tevin Coleman when you need Yeah, they, no. Tell, yeah. tell him to get bent. I mean, right now, I'd be starting Marshawn Lynch and Tevin Coleman. It is PPR. Right. You, you still have Thielen. You had Devontae Adams and Jarvis Landry is now back in your lineup. Yeah, you missed him in week one, but he's back. Yeah, I mean, sure, Fournette offers some help in a running back thing, but with Lynch and Coleman, not bad. What's Britton Djax going to do for you? A couple of big games with Jackson. If he gets open, Britt does nothing. Right. And you're losing across the board. Yeah. Tell him what? Get bent. Go after yourself. I believe was my first reaction. Okay, standard league. I have Melvin Gordon, and I got Kareem Hunt as a sleeper before Ware was hurt. Who should I start? Kareem Hunt, DeMarco Murray. I tell you, that's tougher. I think I didn't necessarily like what I saw out of Murray, but still, it wasn't enough for for Henry to get any work, right? So. Murray's still the guy there, but I, you got to ride that hot hand, right? I, I'm going to play Hunt until he proves that that was an anomaly. It's going to be two or three weeks before I even consider sitting him down. Yeah, I mean, Kareem Hunt's at home playing Philadelphia. Derrick Henry's on the road at Jacksonville. If that Jacksonville defense is close to what they showed in week one, you know, I'm worried about, give me Hunt. I'm worried about – I was worried about Murray in general going into this year. So, yeah, I'm not going to – this isn't an overreaction from week one. I'm going to lukewarm on him. And Kareem, when you got a hot hand like that, wouldn't you feel like a schmuck? Because you probably – I'm assuming this guy had him on the bench last week. Are you really going to get burned on that again? Right. I'd rather get burnt the other way. All right, I tried. I, I got burned. It, it was fool's gold. But, boy, he, I'm going to fail with him in my lineup, not the other way around. Right. Okay, here's a little bit of what we hit on earlier. I'm sure this guy drafted Matt Stafford later on in the draft. Matt Stafford, Sam Bradford, or Alex Smith? 
You know what, Rick? I might go with Sam Bradford here. For everything we talked about with their wide receivers going up against the Steelers, I know Stafford's your starter. He tends to shrink a little bit on in these primetime games. I don't like him on the road in New York. Alex Smith, I'm going to have to see it again. To your point, we, we get one a year. It, he might have used, done used it up already. I think I'd start Sam Bradford here. I think I would too. I, I hate to agree with you on that, but uh, Alex Smith definitely I don't want to start right now because I, I just don't think that that's Alex Smith. I think maybe it could be more of what we're going to be seeing from Sam Bradford. And, and quite frankly, even against Pittsburgh – I mean, I think they give up a lot. It could be a shootout yeah. in, in Pittsburgh. He, he could throw for 300 yards and lose that game by two touchdowns. Right, exactly. I could really foresee that happening. Now, this question here I thought was very intriguing. Okay. It, it, it was no, – I'll just read it to you. Should I bench Breeze for Carr? What the hell do you have? Well, I guess Carr was going like in the ninth round. So, Breeze or Carr. So, Carr's playing the Jets at home. I'm still. I'm never sitting Drew Brees. Generally, Derek Carr makes that thing interesting. I, I'll tell you what, the Drew Brees. They're going to be behind early. That is a. They said, even if they have a massive improvement, that New England defense is still going to be bad till till everybody gets healthy. I, I can't sit Drew Brees here. Why don't you trade Derek Carr or trade Drew Brees? <laughs> I don't think that's the question. Trade right? one of them. Though. I don't think that's the question. It's a little crazy. The poor guys trying to figure out something yeah. here in a regular one QB league. It seems a little foolish to be carrying those two. Find somebody who owns Cam Newton. Now, now that you've destroyed this poor gut, chaps. Well, he botched it. So you're going with Breeze. I'm going with Breeze. I think I'd go with Breeze, especially this week. What could turn into a shootout with New England. Or them trying to come back from a 30-point halftime deficit, right? Yeah, it could could be garbage points as well. Who knows? But but it's still Drew Breeze. He's still going to be a top three or four quarterback, period. Or you know what? On name recognition, hell, trade Breeze. I'd love to have Derek Carr as my every week starter. I think you're going to get a better return for Drew Brees. Trade yeah. one of these guys. But come on, send us an email on the trade offer for well, yeah. Brees or Carr before you make any deal. Oh well, yeah, because I want to see. I don't. I don't want to see you get ripped off. Yeah, you don't do anything till we sign yeah, let's off. See. On His it, name's obviously. Jason. Remember that. Hello, Jason. All right. I was. Uh oh. Let's hit hit your. Nope. Here we go again. We blowing it up. I was offered Terrence West for Curran Williams. Should I? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think Williams is in a three-way split. For Well, not three-way right away. Chris Johnson, I think it'll take a while for them to get him involved. West's the guy. You know, yeah. Buck Allen's going get, to get his touches. But right now, Terrence West is the guy. We have no danger of Kenneth Dixon coming in later in the year. He's gone for the year. Woodhead's gone till what, Thanksgiving darn near. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but he's out for a long time. Terrence West is the man in that offense, bad as that offense may wind up being. Yeah, i take that in a heartbeat. Yep, I would too. Okay, pick three in PPR. Uh, this guy's pushing it now. Three. All right, go Doug ahead. Baldwin. Okay. Dez. Okay. Chris Hogan. All right. Manny Sanders. Okay. Randall Cobb. Okay. I'll tell you what, I think I have them ranked right in the order you read them off. Baldwin, Dez, Hogan for me. 
I think I do too. Um, I'm, I'm not liking – there doesn't seem to be the chemistry between Simeon and Sanders, at least right now. Right. And Cobb, he's like the third wheel right now. Oh, he got a lot of looks early on in that game, and then he sort of faded out. Right. I think we could see that a lot between him and Adams. That's why I don't own a lot of Cobb or Adams. I agree. Baldwin's still Baldwin. He's the guy in Seattle. And Dez – He's gonna he's gonna kill you or he's gonna help you. Yeah. Where you drafted Dez, you better be starting. Yeah, him. for right now, Baldwin well, Baldwin's gonna be obvious forever. For right now, Dez is obvious. This comes down to Hogan, Cobb, or Sanders. So Cobb's the two B, three A, whatever you want to look at him as. Emmanuel Sanders has Trevor Simeon in his as his quarterback. And bad as week one was, Chris Hogan's probably now the third target. Under right. Tom Brady, so I, I think that actually solves itself pretty easily if you look at it that way. Hit it! Oh, this again. is the this is the last one, baby. All right, good. I want to watch football. The last question. Let's do it. I was offered Phil Rivers and Doug Martin for Derek Carr and Amir Abdullah. Okay. So you're waiting a couple weeks to get Doug Martin. Doug, Amir Abdullah is useless to me. I don't understand why, again, he got all this run this preseason. He is he is our this he is our present-day C.J. Spiller. It feels like Quit it. trying to make him happen because yeah, it ain't. Yeah, it's like Bishop Sankey all over right. again. I, <laughs> yeah. don't, I don't know what it is here right. with this guy. But I guess the question is, am I willing to get, to get rid of him and give up Derek Carr is there a big gap between Rivers and Carr? Probably not, but there is a gap there for me. There's a gap, but I'll tell you what. I think the, if Martin comes back healthy, I think your running back stable has just remarkably improved yeah. compared to Abdullah. I still worry about Martin, but I think he's got a higher upside than Abdullah. I think I'd not knowing what his other running back right. situations are. But if you're looking for a real good two, which I have to assume he's looking for here, if you're looking for a really good two, then, yeah, go ahead and make this deal. If this is a bonus piece, Doug Martin, to replace a C.J. Anderson or somebody, right. I think they may be in the same level. Stay away from it. But, yeah, I think I'd be all right. Yeah, if you had a David Johnson and you really needed another guy, this yeah. is a deal to be making. Yeah, you're not losing that right. much going Carter Rivers, I don't think. No, nah, you're losing some. I agree with you because I think there's always going to be – I think Carr is well on his way to elite status, and Rivers is going to be right where Rivers is normally. He's not going to kill you, and he probably won't win you a championship, but, I mean, he's certainly serviceable in enough points. But uh, I would do that if you have lost somebody. And that music means thanks again. We are done with another week. Keep the questions coming. We'll answer them up till game time. Asylumfootball at gmail.com or on Twitter at asylumfootball. Don't forget, I, I don't I think we might have we gotta get better at this. We're on fake pigskin, fakepigskin.com. You can find us there. Still have uh, for a little while, so listen up Asylumites, asylumfantasysports.com. We'll run for a few more weeks here until I have all the bugs worked out with me trying to use fake pigskins uh, system. I'm struggling a little bit, but I'll get there. And once I have that up and running, I'm going to shut it down. So keep that in mind. Good luck this week. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care. So I drove by her house, and sure enough, that ain't my truck in her drive. Man, this ain't my day tonight. Looks like she's in love and I'm out.